Welcome to Beyond Words, a space where experts and changemakers in the literacy and education sector discuss the latest news, trends, triumphs and challenges in creating a literate world. Hello, I'm Caroline Berkey and we are really excited to welcome Greg Metzger. Greg is the Executive Director of Little Free Library, a project aiming to fill the book deserts of the world. There are over 125,000 little free libraries in every continent of the world, so they're making a serious impact on literacy. Little Free Libraries impacts thousands of people every day, increasing book access for readers of all ages and backgrounds. Thanks so much for joining us, Greg. Thank you for having me. So please tell us about your involvement with Little Free Library. Uh, well, uh, I've only been here for a little over two years now, but it's great as our organization has um, uh, pivoted a, a bit to increase our focus on book access. Uh, historically, you know, our background has been we were, you know, on front suburban lawns across the country is kind of our genesis. Um, but what's really exciting is taking that social enterprise, that's little free library, and, and reorienting to make sure that we're really focused on improving book access in places where, you know, ac uh, books are, are limited or in short supply. And tell us about the beginning, kind of how was the organization founded? It's a great story. Todd Bowl, our founder, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago from uh, cancer, um, he was uh, experimenting and working with others around social enterprise opportunities. Um, and at the time, he, you know, Todd was a handy individual, good with his, you know, building and, and, and woodworking and the like, and was playing around with just some, some scrap pieces of wood in his garage and built um, the first little free library, um, the book sharing box. It kind of looked like a schoolhouse. And he did it in honor of his mom, um, who was a, an educator and an avid reader. And, and he invited, you know, his neighbors in, in local Hudson, Wisconsin to, you know, take a look, see what kind of books he had and share them and you know um, and and what he discovered as part of that process was you know it, it presented a new opportunity for for neighbors and, and folks in the community to connect it was a bit of a a waypost if you will around that um, and so playing around with that idea and, and a little bit more experimentation uh, more people friends and family uh, members said wow that's a great idea can I have one um, and or will you build me one and so he started kind of puttering around and making more and more. And in his investigation of social enterprise and community, community engagement initiatives, um, discovered that that he potentially had a platform, right, for doing doing that, especially around literacy. And, you know, as they say, sort of the rest of a little bit is history. The organization became a nonprofit in uh, 2012 and uh, uh, continued to grow. Um, and we've now moved away from uh, making them by hand ourselves. Um, we work, though, with Amish craftsmen in Wisconsin to assemble uh, and create little free libraries. Um, and as you said, we're now, you know, a, a global phenomenon on um, in, you know, all across uh, in 118 countries around the globe and, you know, even in Antarctica now. So it's been uh, quite a trip for sure. I'd really love to visit the one in Antarctica, but <laughs> I wonder what that looks like. And um, it just really goes to show, doesn't it? You know, the idea of one person with a passion, with a history, with a love of reading, um, you know, and in memory of, of their mother is, is such a beautiful story. And how powerful that one person's action 
can then take on the entire world and really give back something so memorable. Yeah, you know, um, it, that's the interesting thing about Little Free Library and the concept is it's really, um, you know, we depend on our volunteers, um, stewards, we call them. They're effectively the caretakers for a Little Free Library. Um, and and it's, it's impressive where just their single actions can have such a significant impact, you know, not only within their community, but it, 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 there's a network effect, right? Some of our, really some of our growth over the last few years have been stories from people that said, you know, I saw one of these little free libraries in a community and I wondered what was that? I went up and saw it. Then I went to your website and looked at what it was about. And I'm like, well, that's really cool. I can do that, right? It's not that hard to necessarily do. And, you know, it's funny. We I talked at the beginning about Todd building your own. You don't need to be handy, right? We can sell you a kit. You can find somebody to build it for you. Um, and it's really more about wanting to share, right, a community resource along those lines. And there are so many great examples, not only of individuals in their local community, but then you know, we've had, and I've been fortunate to meet in the last two years since I've been at Little Free Library, a number of people that have taken the the their, the spark of an idea and what they wanted to do, and it, it's grown and, and and expanded beyond that. Um, you know, we we work with an, an organization in Chicago. Um, the woman discovered and saw a Little Free Library on vacation. It's like, oh wow, that's cool. She's an avid reader. You know, she lives in a um, you know in a high rise in, in 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 the Loop in Chicago. So you know, she's not like putting it out in her front yard. So figured out how could she find a place, um, navigated the local park system and and put one there. And then when she saw who was visiting it. Um, it was it was more than just sort of her neighbors, right? It was anybody that used the park. And in fact, in, in, in that instance in Chicago, you know, they're homeless people, a variety of people necessary. And she saw the need. Um, anyway, fast forward it, she decided that that was a passion that she was going to pursue. And then she found formed her own nonprofit organization. And in two years time, she is um, either funded and or secured or got somebody to build for her and install over a hundred little free libraries in South and Western Chicago, which are high need communities um, without doubt. And it's all from the passion and discovery of one individual um, uh, necessarily to do this. So, so it's, it is, um, that is one of the things that's really exciting about my job. It's kind of like I get to meet and, and connect with all these great people that are through their individual actions are being able to have such large impact um, uh, on their community. It's, 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 it's a, frankly, it's a lot of fun. I bet it is. And um, why do you think access to books is so essential to people from all backgrounds and walks of life? Well, I think there, 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 there are two things um, necessarily in my mind. And, and to be candid and clear, I, I'm not an academic, right? I'm not a, you know, literacy expert in the sense of strategies and all that. But, and, and, but it's clear, right? If you read the literature, you know, access to reading materials, whether it's at home, through libraries, even the access to bookstores and, and, and newspaper stands, you know, drives and provides and supports improved literacy and reading skills. Um, and, 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 and by that action of, of improved reading um, 
capability, competency. I mean, you know, children, everyone are just more successful and more successful at school, more successful in life. Um, but but the, the key link right in that is is access to those printed materials. Um, so that's part part of why it's so critical. But the other thing, you know, when you think a little bit and this is a greater effort that we have had over the last year is around sharing diverse books and diverse literature and make sure those perspectives are represented um, is imagining, you know, um, if I don't. I'd be more engaged, I think, as an, in a reader, if I see the individual, I can relate to that individual in that book. And too often in our communities, if there is book access, sometimes it's very limited in the terms of the perspective of those books. Um, so I, I think the combination of not only books, but the relevant and, and, and relatable books are critical um, to be able to, to create that excitement about wanting to read. And, and I shared the, uh, um, you know, in, uh, in another conversation with a colleague, um, you know, even if we just have sort of one child, right, one person that ends up like getting excited about reading and reads a little bit better and is stronger to it, you never know, you know, what that individual might be able to do for our world. Um, and then I think the last thing is one of the aid problems that we have in, in globally, uh, and I can only speak really specifically to the United States, but uh, you see it elsewhere, is 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 community empathy for others that are different. Um it's just it's in short supply. Um, and, and we really believe fundamentally um, that literacy and reading of books can help provide um, and nurture uh, um, uh, empathy or of other people's lived experiences. And um, we hope that that makes maybe for a kinder, gentler world um, for the future as well. So anyway, that's why I think books are important. Thank you. That was a really beautiful answer. And um if I wanted to bring a little free library to the UK, of which there are already many, yes. um, what's the process? You know, what would I what would I need to do? Sure. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, um, you, you know, A, uh, you, you could definitely order one from us if you wanted to, although I'll candidly say shipping it to the UK is a little bit pricey, but um, we have plans on our website. So you could find somebody handy um, to necessarily build one for you um, or build it yourself um, along those lines. The key thing um, really is to find a, um, and make sure it's a good location, right? You want some place where um, there's a, f- a fair amount of traffic, foot traffic, you know, people where people can could potentially congregate. Um, and, and then, um, you know, uh, uh, once you, you have a little free library and it's assembled and, and installed, um, is to register it was as part of our global network. So that's how you can necessarily be found by others. Um, and then we recommend that, um, you know, it's important to let people know that it's there, whether um, you use, you know, social media, you know, many of our volunteer stewards have their own Facebook page for their library. Um, they use a, an app and I'm not sure if it's in the UK of Nextdoor um, also um, to announce things, but it, it's important to promote um, things in terms of in your community um, around it. And even if it's the old fashioned way of printing out a few flyers and handing them around right door by door. Um, and ultimately, um, you know, it, it, that will be successful. You, you need to be a bit patient, right? It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but, you know, if, if you find a good location, get it registered with us, um, you know, with an official charter sign, be part of our network and, and whatnot and, and give it a little bit of promotion. Um, typically, everybody is pretty successful with their own little free library. Thank you. And do you have a story about a particularly creative little free library that's uh, that's been made somewhere in the world? 
Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, um, that's great. That's, uh, you know, um, they're, they're all over the place. I mean, and some are, are um, you know, there, there's one in um, Idaho that was built out of a, a, um, the tree stump, right, of a, um, a tree that had to be cut down um, that's spectacular. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, like a J.R.R. Tolkien, right, mm-hmm. scene, right, you know, The Hobbit in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. But we also have people that are creative. One of the things going back you know, Todd, you know, was reusing wood um, to create the first one. You know, we've seen the little free libraries that have been made out of, you know, an old microwave, right, <laughs> that basically is no longer useful or washing <laughs> machines, right, that are front loader kinds of things. So um, really, um, there's no limit to what a little free library can be. Um, it's just a matter of your imagination, I think, in terms of what could possibly um, be a platform to share books. Yeah, and keep it waterproof to protect yeah. the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And do you think that it's truly possible to change mindsets through reading and giving people access to books? Well, you know, I, I have to say I've been um, blessed and fortunate, right, growing up. Um, my grandmother um, was an, an avid reader and a volunteer at her local library. And, and, you know, there was no question every, you know, birthday, you know, came with a, you know, with a new book, right, from grandma to necessarily read. And, and my parents as well were readers um, and along those lines. And so um, I think I've been very fortunate um, in that aspect of being able to have access to books. I I think, you know, you know, in today's world, you know, with, with, with social media and digital media being so polarized, you know, and it's not that our, 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 our print media isn't also necessarily polarized, but it seems that the written word um, in a book gives you the opportunity to, to pause and reflect, um, to give a concept some time um, to, 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 to sort of germinate, you know, in your brain a little bit or whatnot. And you may not necessarily agree, but I think you would give the thought or the concept perhaps a little bit more time, you know, and consideration. I think just so often in today's world, as it relates to media and content, it's all about, you know, what's the next quick thing. And and there's no real thought or consideration around that. So, you know, I I truly do believe if given the opportunity and given access and and, and, and whatnot, um, people can, um, people's minds could be, changed, if nothing else, you may not change what they believe, but perhaps um, you can nurture the the respect for somebody else's, you know, difference of opinions and perspective, that kind of thing. At least that's our hope. Mm, thank you. And we've heard that you're implementing a new app. And um, I wondered if you could tell us more about that. Sure. No, absolutely. It's been long, uh, long in, in awaiting uh, to come to fruition. Um, and we're excited. I'm hopeful that probably, you know, 60 days from now, we'd be you know talking a national rollout or a global rollout of it. It's a mobile application. Um, it's geared for both um, our patrons, people that are visiting or trying to find little free libraries, as well as our stewards mm-hmm. um, who, who, as I say, nurture or, or take care of a little free library. Mm-hmm. It'll allow you to find the 
nearest one to you. It'll allow you to look for um, certain filters around um, the types of libraries that are necessarily there. If you're looking for them, it'll actually allow you to chart a specific route to those and, and save a route. I'm going to allow you as a patron to put your own comments and, and save specific libraries that you like after visiting them, you know, sort of all of those kinds of things. And then on the steward side, it allows for a greater ease of registration, um, as well as be able to update things that are going on with your little free library. And so, while while it is in I, I, um, my our development team would would be mad at me if I didn't say it's it's version one right, with a long way to go. But we really do believe it it can help us give, you know, and it's the right use of digital right media of of connectivity right um, around patrons with the organization, with other stewards, and we're excited to see where that could, could go. So uh, um, I'd say stay tuned and, and look at, um, you know, like I say, later this summer, early fall for an a introduction to the world. Brilliant. And it is such a great idea. And, you know, talking about, you know, everyone being able to access that, you know, everybody's on a phone, everybody's part of this digital world. Um and having that option to be able to find a library. Um, and what I also, what really strikes me about the project is that, you know, it can be really daunting for someone who maybe doesn't have access to books or is struggling with literacy to approach a library, but to be able to turn up at any time to just take a book and walk away without any questions or having, you know, that I'm sure that has uh, really supported a lot of people to engage with books when maybe it felt a little bit out of touch for them. Yeah, you, you, it's a great, great observation, a great point. Unfortunately, you know, in many instances, you know, you know, libraries represent officialdom, right, in government and paperwork and forms you have to fill out and, and identification that you need to provide and all of those things, which can be daunting to somebody um, that may be, you know, especially immigrants or people recently new to countries, you know, to, to navigate that. Um, we have a number of stories, especially with some of our partners that um, are in, in, in multilingual communities in and use a little free library in elementary schools schools where um, the, the principals will say, you know, it's it's not necessarily just the kids, it's the moms and the dads, right, that are trying to improve their English skills by borrowing a library. And and it's, it's anonymous. You can go there. It's open seven by 24. Um, and, you know, you don't have to have a card or whatnot. And so we really do think what you talked about, right, the, the, the ease of access and, and no no barrier, right, to, to do um, is a huge thing and, and, and um, um, is, a, is an un, un, um, you know, stressed aspect, frankly, I think, a little bit of, of the benefit of a little free library. So you've been involved with the World Literacy Summit for a number of years. Tell us how you first got connected. No, absolutely. Uh, sure. I, I was actually uh, in New Orleans at an ILA conference, and we were working with publishers uh, um, doing a, a Little Free Library assembly. And uh, Andy Kay came sort of running up to me um, in, a, in an enthusiastic way. And I think this was maybe month three on the job or something like that for me. Um, and he goes, oh, you guys are doing great stuff. Um, we got to talk. Um, you should you know, uh, learn more about us. Um, you know, here's my card, you know, let's connect. And like off he went to, you know, <laughs> um, and, and I, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but, um, but because he did come back and we ended up having a great conversation along those lines. So we were introduced um, to the organization and the conference at that point. 
Uh, and it seemed just such a, a great opportunity given where we are trying to do um, not only the work domestically, but around the globe of getting connected uh, to so many other thought leaders and, and mindsets and, and, and folks that are doing different projects around um, that, you know, was is something was too good to miss, especially for somebody like myself, where, uh, you know, I, candidly, a bit of a, up a learning curve, right, in terms of some of the activities and, and, and success stories. So that's how we got connected um, and uh, been been happy and, 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 and glad that we did. And the Little Free Library was awarded for a significant contribution to global literacy in 2020. Um, and I suppose, you know, what a testament to the work and the impact that you continue to make. Um, what other connections did you make from the summit? You know, obviously Andy would have been there and... Um, right. And in 2020, that would have been online as well. Right. So, you know, it was during the pandemic and the next one happening face to face in 2023. And fingers crossed one day, you know, we'll all be in that room together. Um, But I'm wondering, you know, have any other kind of significant partnerships occurred or is there anything, um, any other conversations that happened from from meeting other people online? Yeah, you know, um, there have been a number of conversations conceptually, you know, around things in terms of how we can support and do things in some other countries, um, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. You know, I will say, as we shared a little bit in the beginning, for us, um, the most, you know, the last, you know, year has been just a whirlwind. And and so we want to, you know, everything we, we do, we want to make sure we do well. Um, and so to the extent we are still sort of in, in, in those conversation aspects of things, I do think for us, one of the places that is a priority is actually your your country, um, in UK, to do more um, there. Um, but I think for me, a little bit is, is not only what, how Little Free Library could 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 engage or be, work with others, but it was just it was just the 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 brain dump, right? I mean, just the the amount of information and and I, I kind of went in, you know, at one stage and and just went in in light years ahead of just from a knowledge base afterwards. Um, so that was for me anyway, personally, just as 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 much a benefit, if not more, um, in addition to the great conversations that we were at. And Greg. We're asking each of our guests what they consider a more literate world to look like. How would you how would you answer that? You know, um, you know, we, we, we've talked about it a little bit in some of the uh, you know questions and answers in our conversation. Um, but I, I think, you know, in, in my mind, a more literate world um, would, I, I think, be a, a, a more empathetic and a more peaceful world. Um, I, and, and, I, and I think that could go to a long way to solving some of our fundamental, you know, problems, whether it's, you know, hunger in, in, in other parts of the world, whether it's, uh, you know, climate change and addressing that. So I, I think these significant global problems, I don't think we can move forward if we can't necessarily communicate and talk with each other that requires empathy. And I think, you know, literacy nurtures and and, and, and um, fosters empathetic thinking and approaches. So that would be my thought. Wonderful. Thank you so much for an inspiring conversation. It was such a pleasure to talk with you again. And thank you to our listeners. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to Beyond Words. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also connect with us via worldliteracysummit.org. 
See you at the next episode. This podcast has been brought to you by the World Literacy Summit, the largest global gathering of literacy specialists.